1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hollywood's biggest night of the year, the Oscars, is right around the corner, and no one gives a rat's ass. So this week, we'll do a deep dive on the award show you're going to skip, Honoring the movies you'd never heard of. It's What Am I Doing Here, Oscars 2023. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? I wrote a real flop of a movie called My Life in Ruins. This stinker cost $17 million and only earned 9 The director never made another film. Neither did I, for that matter. And yet, my career killing turkey made more money than five of the pictures nominated for best film of the year. It beat five movies. There only used to be five movies nominated. This year, they nominated ten. Did you see ten great films this year? No, you did not. You didn't see 10 films total this year. Only I saw a bunch of movies in theaters because I go to dangerous places. I got COVID seeing Morbius, and it was horrible. Not the COVID. That was okay. So what are the five movies that made less money in 2022 than My Life in Ruins made 16 years ago? Well, there's Tar, the best-reviewed film of the year, and The Banshees of Inisherin. This didn't make a dime, even though it appealed to two quadrants, fans of Banshees and people from Inisherin. Another nominee with a terrible title, Triangle of Sadness, a name that promises both misery and math. In its first month in theaters, the film Women Talking only grossed a million dollars. But that's a blockbuster next to All Quiet on the Western Front. According to Box Office Mojo, that made zero dollars. Look it up, zero dollars. I found a dime on the subway today, so I grossed more than All Quiet on the Western Front. And why did they even make it? There was already a movie of All Quiet on the Western Front and it won Best Picture. Steven Spielberg pulled the same trick last year when he remade West Side Story. The old version won Best Picture. Spielberg's version lost a hundred million dollars. He has an Oscar-nominated film this year called The Fablemans. That made about the same amount of money as My Life in Ruins, and he's Spielberg. At least he used to be. Now I know you're thinking, Mike, there's more to movies than how much money they make. Don't use that funny voice with me. I know that. It's just that Oscar nominated movies used to be films people saw, films they loved, with big, unforgettable scenes like Ben Hur's chariot race, the burning of Atlanta, the sinking of the Titanic. What was the most memorable thing in Nomadland? Francis McDormand in a trailer, on the toilet. Having diarrhea. And that was last year's best picture. <laughs> Except it wasn't. That one two years ago. You can't even remember last year's winner. It was Power of the Dog. Except it wasn't. Last year's winner was Coda. Coda? What the hell is Coda? And what's the point of the Oscars if we don't know the films competing? We might as well be rooting for the Nobel Prize in Physics. And the winner is. Anton Anton Zeilinger Zeilinger for Experiments with Entangled entangled Photons photons Establishing establishing the Violation of Bell Inequalities. inequalities. Yes, I had him in the pool. Now unlike last year, there's some actual hits nominated for Best Picture. Let's start with Avatar The Way of Water. My buddy Matt Klickstein said... The Way of Water is streaming, and that's the only way I'm going to watch this movie. And that's the only good joke in this podcast, and I didn't write it. To date, Avatar 2 has made $2.3 billion, and I have yet to meet one person who loved it. They just went. It was like a COVID booster. Okay, I guess I gotta do this. But it was better than Avatar 1. In that movie, everything was blue. The aliens, the jungle, even the army lab had blue lights. It was like a big tanning bed of a movie. But in Avatar 2, they spent 13 years to add something new. Teal. There's a new race of ocean people, and they're not blue, they're blue-green. And they look like those sea monkeys from old comic book ads. And 13 years from now, when Avatar 3 comes out, who knows what shade of blue they'll add. Turquoise? Cyan? My money's on cornflower. But Avatar's not the longest we waited for a sequel no one asked for that record goes to Top Gun Maverick. The first one came out 36 years ago, and it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. So why is this one? Well, it's one of those movies where they got everyone back from the original. And you sit there going, wow, I thought that guy was dead. Or what the hell happened to Ed Harris? Everyone looks different, especially Kelly McGillis, who somehow turned into Jennifer Connelly. But Tom Cruise has not aged a day. He looks the same at 60 as he did at 24. And when Top Gun 3 comes out in 2058, Tom Cruise will be 96 and still look 24. I'd say he made a deal with the devil, but Tom's already a Scientologist, and even Satan says, I'm not gonna mess with those guys. After the Break, the movie that's bound to win Best Picture. Avatar and Top Gun are two hugely popular movies, so of course they have no chance of winning the Oscar. You don't have to please everyone to win the award. You just have to sway the people who vote for it. In 1964, actor Nick Adams figured this out. He was so proud of his work in the film Twilight of Honor, he called every actor in the Academy and asked for their vote. It worked. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, even though his whole part was cut from the final movie. And in the 1990s, an independent producer raised Oscar campaigning to a new art form. He bombarded Academy voters with advertising, DVDs, private screenings, free meals with open bars. That worked, too, and small pretentious pictures have been winning the award ever since. This was the man who broke the Oscars, and his name was Harvey Weinstein. If they ever find this guy, they should lock him up and throw away the, O. Oh, I guess they did already. This year, the little movie that got the biggest push is Tar. And they call it Tar because it's hard to get through. Tar, it's sticky. Ah, oh, Jesus, I suck. Tar is the front runner for Best Picture, and Kate Blanchett is a virtual lock to win Best Actress. The Academy can't stop giving her awards. This morning at breakfast, she won the Oscar for Best Toast. In 2008, they gave an Oscar to Tilda Swinton because they thought she was Kate Blanchett. I gotta admit, though, I loved everything about Tar except the first two hours. I'm not kidding. The movie starts with the dullest 15 minutes in film history. You see Tar, a fictional windbag, being interviewed by Adam Gopnik, a real life windbag. But in the next scene, Tar loses her cool and says something politically incorrect. You think, whoa, the plot's about to kick in. And it does. 95 minutes later. Seriously, nothing happens for the next hour and a half. If you're at a multiplex, sneak out of Tar and sneak into Megan. You can see that whole movie and get back to Tar without missing a thing. So why do critics love Tar? Because it's about art and the art of making art. Even her name, Tar, is an anagram for art. (laughs) Not that that's a real name. No one's named Tar. They just didn't want to call the movie Rat. Speaking of names no one has, let's talk about the Fablemans. There are 350 million people in America, and only 7 of them are named Fablemen. I looked this up. There are more Fablemans in the movie The Fablemans than in the entire United States of America. So why are they called the Fablemans? Because it's about a guy who tells stories. A Fableman. Whoa, this is the level of wordplay you get in movies these days. People used to be smarter. In 1999, there was a movie called October Sky, and it was based on a book called Rocket Boys. Rocket Boys is an anagram of October Sky, and I'm the guy who figured that out. That got me in the newspapers in North Carolina, but still. The Fablemans is just the Steven Spielberg story, written and directed by Steven Spielberg, a Steven Spielberg production. Playing his very Jewish parents, Spielberg cast Paul Dano, who's Norwegian, and Michelle Williams, who's Swedish. Still, that's better than the film Armageddon Time, where the super-Jewish grandpa is played by that old Yiddish Zeta, Sir Anthony Hopkins. He didn't even try. But Michelle Williams deserves an Oscar, and not just because she looks like Kate Blanchett. They both have perfectly round white faces. They look like dinner plates with cheekbones. But Michelle nails the role of Mother Spielberg, and I say this because I knew the woman. We went to the same video store in the 90s. Mother Spielberg would point at movie posters on the walls and announce, My son made that and my son made that, and my son made that. I pointed to a poster for the Tom Hanks movie, Big. I said, didn't your daughter Anne write that movie? She said, yeah, 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 but my son made that, and my son made that. As long as I'm name-dropping, I met Spielberg, too. My animated show, The Critic, had just been canceled, and I was meeting with DreamWorks about a job. Spielberg walked into the meeting and said, I was just watching The Critic last night, and I believe you should let Lovitz be Lovitz. I said, Steve, I think I know a little bit more about directing than you do. Nobody laughed. Nobody. And I didn't get the job. So what was my favorite movie of 2022? It was the one that made people literally faint and vomit in theaters. No, not Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio. Not Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, either. Yes, two Oscar-winning directors made bad Pinocchios in the same year. And 20 years ago, another Oscar winner made his bad Pinocchio, Roberto Benigni. In that one, the puppet who wants to be a real boy was played by a 50-year-old man. In 2011, Benini did another version of Pinocchio, and then eight years later, he did yet another one. Not sequels, he did the same story three times in a row. Roberto Benini made more Pinocchios than Geppetto. People, for the love of God, stop making Pinocchio. The first one was pretty perfect. And even that one was a flop. No one knows that. It nearly bankrupted Walt Disney. So what was the film I loved that made audiences puke and faint? It was Terrifier 2, a horror movie about a killer clown. This clown just loves the kill and you love him for it. He makes you realize that Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers are just phoning it in. In fact, there were plenty of good movies last year, and they were all horror films. Barbarian, Smile, Scream, The Black Phone, The Menu, Violent Night. And there was X, a movie about kids shooting a porno movie in 1979 on a farm run by zombies. You know, that old story. But if I had to pick one of the Oscar nominees for Best Picture, I'm rooting for everything, everywhere, all at once. It's exciting and touching and was a surprise audience blockbuster. And just to make the critics happy, it's about 40 minutes too long. But make up your own mind. That's everything you need to know about the movies nominated for Best Picture this year. Except it wasn't. I never mentioned the movie Elvis, and none of you noticed. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by me, Josh Perillo. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.